Hello, everyone, and welcome to Hotline League episode 182. Mark Zimmerman is back. We took last week off. I did a State of the League episode um, because, you know, it's been about nine years since I did one of those, so I figured it was time to do another one. I update State of the League as often as I update my book channel on YouTube. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I want to give a shout-out to GameFuel and Alienware for sponsoring the show, but first let me introduce my constant co-host, Mark Zimmerman. How's it going, Mark? Good. Yeah, yeah. I went on vacation. Vacation, and I'm a wizard now. This is oak. I think it's like 13 inches. This is the wand I got. Pretty long. You, I feel like I could get get one of the charm wands. You can indeed, but they have Hogsmeade Diagon Alley there. It was cool. I have yeah, fun. So, so, so Mark went to Orlando, Florida, yes? Was that your Voldemort impression? Yeah, he says it really weird, and he holds it all funny. It's yeah. Like, yes. He's got, like, the pen holder grip yeah. from Ping Pong. Yeah, well, he's got some arthritis. He's an older dude. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mark, you, you went to Orlando, Florida, yes. How, yeah, I did. How long were you there for? Uh, like a week. Like a week. I booked the vacation like a long time ago when COVID was on the low and then the Delta variant hit. And I was like, well, I don't know if I can flush $5,000 down the toilet. So, (laughs) so YOLO. I mean, you're both vaccinated. We're vaccinated. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, we took a test when we got back to, we're good. Nice. Um, In the clear. Uh, yeah. So the swamp didn't get us the swamp people. Uh, they're they're an interesting group. I I don't know. I don't know how many of these people are in our demo. So I don't know if we should if uh, if you want to make swamp comment. people in, in Twitch chat. I don't. I don't. I don't want to offend anyone. But it just sounds like you had an interesting time in Florida. Yeah, it was it was an interesting time. Well, there were highs and lows because you know it's just like we were we were in parks every day, and so just like your legs start dying, your feet. Oh dying. yeah. Yeah, how did that? Because uh, I feel like you know, after day, you know, whenever day three rolls around, feet just start to hurt a ton, wandering around all day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was it was tough. First day we we hit it hard and it was great. Second day struggle bus. Well, you know the nice thing about having so many days because how how many sorry how many days did you have just for the parks themselves? We had four day. We were there for four days, and we hit. We did the parks every day. One day was like Universal, and the other three were Disney parks because there's four parks. Yeah, I mean, if you're there for so long, hopefully it doesn't create as much urgency on like you got to go do everything. There wasn't a ton of urgency, but we were we were still, you know, trying to get as much in as we can without like literally dying. Yeah. Well, anyway, welcome back. Uh, I'm glad you had a good time. Do you feel refreshed? No. Because like. It's hard to feel refreshed when your feet are falling off, you know? Uh, do you mean, do you feel mentally and emotionally refreshed? Because yes. I've got a trip going to Hawaii in September, and I need to yeah. feel mentally and emotionally refreshed when I come back. Yeah, but Hawaii Otherwise... is a totally different vibe. Yeah. First off, you're not in a swamp. Yeah, no swamp people. <laughs> well, that and no no physical swamp either. It's, it's a deadly combo of the swamp and the swamp people. Gotcha. Um but I, you know, we've both been to Hawaii before, and it's it's a totally different vibe. Yeah, Wild, who is in the chat, who is our, she helps us with the 
the podcast of this and getting it up on YouTube and all that stuff. She lives in Florida. Uh, she lives in Tampa, and so she's got a lot of opinions on your impressions of of everything right now. <laughs> uh, you, you let, let us know. Yeah, yeah. She says right, she right, rides right, a swamp, yeah. a gator to work. She rides a gator to work every day in the swamp. Okay. It was. Yeah. I, I started picking up an accent. I, I pick up things very quickly. Really? Is there yeah. an accent in Florida? I mean, it's southern. Yeah. Okay. I guess I don't think of Florida people as. Ta- I mean, I know they are obviously. You think southern, of Miami. You you think of Florida as Miami. That is not what Florida I've spent is. more time in Tallahassee, Florida, than I have in Miami. Excuse you. I've been there twice. MSI, or was it All Stars? I forget if it was All Stars or MSI. Whenever it was an All Stars one that was hella randomly in Tallahassee, and everyone's like, "Why are we here?" Yes, yes, I remember that. I wonder how many people are going to feel that way about Newark. Uh, I've had a couple people. We, you, you and I have not had a chance to up to to talk, but I will let you know that I am. Uh, we are progressing, and hopefully going to have a live hotline league. Uh, so there are there are movement being made in that direction. But one of the biggest issues I think is just trying to find like a venue and all that stuff. So that's what we're working on right now. But we're hopeful. Hopefully, we can find some partners to help make that happen. Um, and I guess I'll put that out here so that people can stay tuned on whether or not we're going to be able to make that, that go down or not. Anyway, Mark, I don't feel like you missed much, uh, during the past week. Cause there, it was been, it's been kind of, you know what it is? I was thinking about this earlier. There's so much drama lately in the LCS over the course of the split that now that we're at the end, there's just games happening and people winning and losing. And so it's just the 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 weeks feel somewhat uneventful because there's no like oh my gosh this player got benched crazy and this coach is out or this thing has happened or whatever it's it's been if the weeks are playing out the way they should and yet it feels quiet uh, because of that so I don't know I mean, the, the most drama isn't really even drama it's just like Alfari and Spica bantering right trying well, to ratio each other. There's the Azale stuff where he was complaining yesterday about negativity in in the way that people talk about pro play, which I'm sure some people will call in about that. Um, a lot of people are very upset about all the skin stuff and the the lore stuff. I've kind of like that is the drama. I yeah, I don't know what's happening at all in the lore, but I've I've been reading all those threads because I just enjoy reading people complain and other people tell them they're wrong for complaining. My thing on the the league, so I know this is not esports, so we won't sit on it for too long. But my thing on the League of Legends lore is, I just kind of checked out after they did like their three hundredth revision of what the lore is, and so it's just I kind of feel like it's tough to to really get attached to it because it feels like so over the course of my like decade of of covering the stuff, they've changed the stories and the, everything so many times that like. I get fatigued trying to pay, pay attention to it. I'm normally the guy, I mean, people will know this from uh, listening to Mark and I talk about books where I really dive in and I love to learn about backstories and how everything is connected and all that stuff. But with like league stuff, it's just been, it's been. Well, it's just because it feels like you're, you're, you're punished for your investment instead of yes. rewarded. It gets yes. retconned. Like even this event, it's like Diana is in, I, I forget what it was. I was reading one of the threads. Like Diana's supposed to be over here, but then they're like, Eh, for this event, we need her over here. So she's over here now. And there's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, it's I'm a, tough. 
I'm just gonna wait for the MMO to come out, and then maybe I'll get into the lore. Well, I'm I'm curious if the Netflix show will be good. Um, it doesn't so. feel very lore. I think it's more character focused than lore focused, though. I mean, either way, I'm fine. Like, I'd like to care more about League of Legends IP. Obviously, like I I work I I like fantasy settings. I like big worlds and big universes filled with lots of characters. I really like you know the MCU, and I like. Uh, all the, the Cosmere stuff that Mark and I talk a lot about with the Brandon Sanderson stuff and the, the league, you know, so I need an excuse. I want some reason and I just feel like it's tough. They don't give too many reasons to, uh, to want to care about this stuff. So anyway, yeah, whatever. Uh, I saw some people in chat. I saw some people in chat being like, talk about my first cast. I don't know if I want to. Oh yeah. Cause that was two weeks ago. And but we, I we didn't get a chance off. to do it last week, yeah. So we can talk about that for sure, and and maybe what it is that's uh, made you decide you want to do do casting, or what led you to to this point. And then also, um, Brian Kibler says they should just make a Volibear bear show. He just wants his dog to be in it. Um, uh, oh, also we can talk about all the COVID stuff that sent everybody scuttling home over the weekend. Uh, besides the broadcast, hot to say about that though. Was it, do you have like a take about it? Well, I think it's interesting that we now have ninety. The, the players' association came out and said ninety-five percent of the players are vaccinated. That's interesting. It's it's up there, I think, in the highest echelon of North American sports for vaccination rates. Probably a lot easier to get a hundred people vaccinated than like I don't know however many people play in the NBA. But it's still impressive. I think I'm happy to see that. Because if you had told yeah. me previously that there were like 70% vaccination rates among pro players, I would believe you because pro players are not always the uh, the most well-informed uh, or the best at making good life decisions. So I was happy to see that. Uh, I know there's some people that want to talk about viewership, uh, which I am okay to talk about. I don't know if Mark's going to pull any of those takes, but I do think viewership is... I mean, we had games, I think, this weekend where, like, the main Twitch, the LCS Twitch stream was at, like, 40K. And, like, people kind of obfuscate the stuff by saying, oh, you know, there's also, like, co-streams. And there's also the YouTube stuff. But I'm like, yeah, even when you add that all up, we are pretty far down um, for a while. So if people want to talk about that, I'd, I'd love to hear about that as well. But I think overall, especially since we don't have a guest... Uh, this week, kind of an open mic night. Lots of people can call in with different takes. We can take things that are a little unusual. I mean, it feels weird because we've got week nine hitting. This is like the final do or die weekend. So I'm sure we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about with that. But like, it's weird in that it doesn't, maybe because eight teams make it in. And so the only drama is really around like, if it, what, you know, who out of FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, and CLG are going to make it. But I feel it does, like, um, it does feel a at least slow. like, there's some predictions to make about the end of the year, you know, like which of those three teams is going to make it in is hundred thieves going to hold on to first, you know, is EG the best team in the league. Yeah. I feel like there's, there's quite a few gameplay related things to talk well, about. An MVP maybe too. Cause this is the last, after this yeah. Mark and I start voting. And so it becomes a lot harder for us to talk about it because uh, they don't ever want us to vote, to explain who it is that we picked for MVP because they don't want that stuff getting spoiled. And so I'm sure we can talk some about the MVP stuff this weekend too. So, yeah. Um, so there you go. I had, I had an interview with closer about it, uh, today, uh, Mark about who you should vote for. No, no, no. Just about if he thought, if he's, if he thinks he should get MVP. 
Did he say yes? He said no, but he's frustrated because he sees a lot of discussion online where it's like, he said, uh, you go look at, a lot of people are saying, well, closer, it's so easy for him because he just has all these winning lanes. So of course he's going to look good. And his argument is if you look at the people who win MVP normally in the LCS, they're like junglers who have a bunch of strong winning lanes. So, so uh, funnily enough, we were talking about this on the analyst desk and I said, this is my own fault too. Cause I, I have bought in, but like, I think we overhyped junglers in NA for that reason. Um, because it is true that, um, if you are playing on a team that naturally has winning lanes, like as a jungler, that is so liberating because you don't need to cover people who are naturally losing their lane. You don't need to worry about dives. You have priority to go for invades to control objectives. Like your job is so much easier when you have naturally winning lanes. And like, I think in the past, because Sven and Blabber and like, uh, closer being probably one of the, the favorites right now, even speak a little bit as, as one of the ones that people are, are saying about, um, you know, like I feel like junglers in general get a lot of attention on top teams. Um, now that said, I do think closer is the best jungler in the league to split and like, well, might be on my ballot, but I, I feel like it's something where like, I need to like do some self-reflection. Like, man, have I overrated them? Um, you know, compared to like, you know, it's like mid and jungle win every, every time, pretty much aside for the times that it's, uh, someone else where it's like core JJ, I guess. Yeah. God, I can just see how much cat hair is on your shirt now that the cat has left. What do you mean? My, my face is up here. Yeah, I know it's it's an interesting situation for sure. I mean, because it, it actually harkens back to I remember uh, when Niski did not get MVP, but Sven and Blabber did, I think, uh, in a summer and then a spring split. And everybody yeah. was kind of talking about like, hey, is there a world where like actually Niski deserves it because he's enabling both these junglers to be able to have the success that they're having. So, yeah, it just kind of reminds me a little bit about that. I think it's a fair a fair thing for me to consider and for maybe more people to consider as we're looking at the MVP stuff. Yeah, uh, I think so. Are you I I know Mark you already pulled one person. Are you do you need any Sometimes I think we need to encourage our callers a little bit more on their takes. So, I I don't know if there's anything. Obviously, well, we've talked have... about some of the stuff we'd love to hear, but if you have any pro tips, Mark, for people. No, I just got distracted. I think there's there's more good topics in here, but I'll do a second call if I need. But otherwise, I think I'll just plug it as usual. If you want to get on the show and you have a topic or an opinion on anything we might have talked about before, go ahead and join this Discord channel. When you get there, go ahead and join one of the Pleb Calls or Pleb Calls 2 voice or channels. Yeah, voice channels. And then the Pleb Topics text channel up above. That's where you're going to write in what it is you want to talk about. You need to be in one of those voice channels in order for me to pull you into the waiting room where that's where you'll hang out. If I pick your take, you'll sit there until it's your turn. Then we'll do a quick audio check, make sure things sound good. And then we'll pull you onto the air to talk. Very good. Uh, and if you are a sub, uh, thank you for being a sub. Please, uh, feel, we always appreciate your subs. Even if you're listening to this on on Spotify or on, on YouTube or, or wherever else, even coming in. That's nice. Uh, there's been a pretty noticeable drop off in viewership, I think, across the board for league content. Uh, and so I'm seeing that reflected, I think, in some of my subs on Twitch and viewership on YouTube and all that stuff. So just uh, everyone who does, you know, stay invested in this and does enjoy the content, all that stuff is really appreciated, especially when you can use like a prime sub and get it for free. So thank you so much to uh, everyone who supports the show. Mark, while maybe I'll distract you from pulling uh, folks for a second by asking you what 
what's with the casting? You know, actually, what's very funny was how uneventful it was the way that you made it, where uh, I think, you know, if you if this was LEC, for instance, there'd be a big old thing ahead of time announcing that this was happening and you'd be talking about how grateful you are and how excited it is. And like there, there'd be a ton of fanfare. Uh, but you just were suddenly like you posted that picture and you're like, Haha, I'm casting in a second. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about what led you to to do to depart the analyst desk exclusively and, and pick up the casting mic. I've always done a little bit of casting on the side for things. I did collegiate and academy um, for a couple of years, in like 2016 to 2018 ish. Did some TFT when that came out. Um, and then I didn't, didn't do too much casting for a little bit, but I, I wanted to get back into it. Um, I mean, just being totally honest, it's like there's less space for analyst desk historically around international events or anything at all, really, especially with, uh, some of the, the changes, um, with like countdown going away and stuff like that. And those were things that I really enjoyed. Um, but like realistically, I think, uh, I enjoy casting. And when I started, it was Jat, Kobe, Azale, Zyrene as like the big four. And I would have been fifth on that that like list, um, and I was like, well, I just I'll just be the the analyst desk guy because I do enjoy that work a lot too. Yeah. Um, but it's just like if you just do analyst desk, you're just kneecapping yourself realistically at worlds and international performances. Um, and I don't want to do that, <laughs> so I decided to get back into casting. Um, but that that's kind of the main motivator. How's it been? It was good. I. Um, I got pretty positive feedback, all things considered, in like the post game thread and stuff like that, which felt good. But I also like take it with a grain of salt because I feel like um, it's just new, and new is usually cool. I know a lot of new casters get flame on the the their stuff because they also are trying to build their brand. Like usually, as a caster, you your first initial performance is, "Hey, I'm the I'm a caster." Uh, whereas for me, like most of the audience already knows who I am. So yeah. it was a little less like There's jarring there already. Yeah. 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 So I, I don't know. It went well. People seem to like it. That was cool. Um, I'll be doing more. It's not really an announcement. I think I'm casting on Saturday again. Um, everyone so. you heard it here on hotline league first, Mark Zimmerman returns to casting after a two week hiatus this Saturday at the end. I think I'm actually the first three games. He's actually but. the first three games. Be sure <laughs> to tune in. You want to catch him. Um, Turn off those co-streams. You want to hear Mark's voice. Yeah. It is actually a really interesting thing because uh, we've talked a little bit about, you know, when, when people talk about the viewership, they go, yeah, but there's co-streams. But I think it is interesting in that the analyst desk and the, <laughs> the casters. Don't turn off the fucking co-streams. <laughs> Never mind. Open, open, open both up. Oh yeah, open both up and just have Mark's voice and Dom's voice go just next. Left next ear and right ear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, change your change your stereo stuff. I was gonna say though, one thing that is interesting is there's less, um, like the the casters and the analyst desk. I think just have less exposure than they've ever had before because I think viewership is down a little bit, but also a lot of people turning tuning into co-streams. So it's it is like an interesting time I feel like for for the 
the broadcast. I wonder if there's like other con- it, if I was on the broadcast, I wonder if it wouldn't be a good idea to try to find other content opportunities with Riot, like how Kaizen has found sort of a co-hosting position with Medios, et cetera. Something to think about, Mark. I'm trying to help you out. Yeah, like the dive. Yeah, would be a good option. Yeah, yeah, you could do the dive. I tuned in last week and you weren't on it, so I just assumed that you're not normally on that show. So if I see you tomorrow on it, I will realize that my advice to you has Today. been very helpful and that you've, you've yeah, figured dude. it out. Your advice for me to do the dive an hour after I filmed the dive yes. is really helpful. Yes, yes. Well, I'm here to I'm here to help. All right. Anyway. I think that covers your, your decision to opt in the casting. But anyway, it's cool to see you uh, picking up that baton. And I know they always need more uh, color casters. So I think it's cool that um, you've been able to, to help them. Kobe needs more days off. That's my take, you know? I'm going to take Kobe's whole job. I'm just creeping up on the dive. Wow. I'll be like, yeah, take some time off, Kobe. Just take a little bit of time off. Take maybe, forever uh, off. Maybe, maybe stay away. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, should I grab a caller? Yeah. Mark is off to grab our first caller. Thank you to Red Rain, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen for the 15 months. Red Rain, your Final Fantasy fourteen stuff has been popping off. Congratulations. Uh, Sally Czar for the 21. Uh, Cassano, 2001 for seven months. Chip Wheel for the 11. Giotto for half a year. Thank you, Giotto. As long as you've been in the LCS, I assume. And Bankshot for the 10 months. Giotto's here because he wants to... Hear us all talk about how great Immortals is. Uh, a, a Korean he guy when they were when they were three and seven. He shows up now that they've got a three zero. Yes, exactly, exactly. A Korean guy is here. A Korean guy. Where are you calling from? I am calling from Boston, Massachusetts. Boston, Massachusetts. That's Mark's stomping grounds. This is your, one of your your people, Mark. Uh, a Korean guy. What do you what do you want to talk about on the show? So my t- overall take is that I think the big streamers and content creators, for the most part, driving this NA bad upvotes to the left narrative as the main basis of analy- analysis or content discussion is a big reason why LCS viewership is down. Gotcha. So you think it's like fed by a lot of negativity on people dogging on the LCS? Yeah, I think that's definitely a part of it. And this is just uh, from my perspective, but... Since so much of LCS coverage, whether it's streams, videos, podcasts, Reddit, Twitter, is all about how bad LCS is, people don't want to watch, because the majority of discussions is always about how bad the league is, or how NA has no hope, or in any game, it's always talk about uh, how X team messed up, or blah, 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 blah. At some point, all this negativity makes people just go, why bother, and stop watching. And on top of that, I think this feeds into this constant flaming, which all and the flame problem is already bad enough in the league, and it just encourages more flaming, more negativity, where people say the hottest take or say something just to ego on other people, and just for Twitter clout essentially. And this is coming from someone who watches, you know, all sorts of things, whether it's face check or the dive or anything and everything. And at some point, all this negativity just wears on you as for me who's been following or playing league since basically season one or two so for you it feels bad just because there is a ton of negativity yeah and i'm sure i'm not the only one and it's like i I don't blame people if at some point for just checking out because at some point you're just like why bother i can't even enjoy the like the game anymore because anything any 
discussion or you know content about it is all about how NA is bad, you know, like you know NA bad upvotes to the left, and it's just like, all right, we get it. At some points, like, can we have like analysis that doesn't involve like like essentially egoing on people just to sound smart? It's like, come Do you on, feel guys, it's, it's a game. I'm I'm kind of curious. So so one, I wanted to to point out. I had it up on the screen a second ago, but I have sort of the chart that shows the, uh, I'll, I'll throw it back up, the the, um, the reasons why people stop watching. What are you, are you doing okay, Mark? I'm looking at the chart. Okay. Um, the reasons why people are watching less. And we did not stick, and I wish I had, because we did the survey back in March, the sort of negativity, maybe it was later, maybe it was April, the negativity or like I I feel turned off by negativity. So it's not on here, but we do have any teams never make it far at MSI at Worlds, and that's ranked pretty low compared to people who say that they just feel like there's not enough interesting storylines or enough likable or interesting players. So I think I I here's what I will say though, or I'll ask you, do you feel this that this negativity or this kind of people being down on North America and league esports and all that stuff. Do you think that that exists in riots content like the, the LCS broadcast and in the LCS third party content? I think, I think riots content, uh, certainly makes a concerted effort from my, in my opinion on trying to avoid this negativity, which, you know, depending on who you are, you might like it or you might not, but I think to, uh, and I'll, I want to touch on one of the points you brought up about the kind of the reasons why people stop watching and the fact that the negativity point is on the lower end of things. Well, I didn't say, sorry, we didn't ask that question, but the performance oh, okay. at international events is on the lower end of things. Yeah, 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 that, um, sorry. Uh, but yeah, I think the reason for that, at least in my opinion, is that at this point, I feel like viewers have more or less become conditioned to, all right, NA... You, we can get hype for NA, but they're probably not going to make it far. So if we if we don't have international competition to kind of hang our hat on, then at least we... And then the next thing is what? Content, narratives. But now that content narrative side of things is starting to, you know, you know, slow down a bit. You know, you know, there's already there's already complaints about how, you know, the personality and narratives is a bit lacking. You know, what do we do about that? I think there's just less and less reasons to follow LCS. And I think it's just a compounding thing that I think the negativity point that I was raising earlier, I think is, a is part of it because if all this negativity talk, uh, kind of ruins the narrative and content side of things, then kind of what else is there left? So here's, here's one place I, I will agree with you on. Uh, I, Peter is a, a great friend of mine and I appreciate that he came on the show last week. I really like listening to the Sneaky Medios and Peter co-streams. But mm -hmm. there's times where I feel like Peter will specifically, I think, suggest that a player should not be in the LCS or something along those lines. You know, so he will he will critique a player not just for saying like, oh, that's such a bad mistake, but also suggest that the player should not be competing. And I do agree that that stuff is really tough because it becomes complicated, I think, then to to get people to root for any of these players or care about them. Um, 
and and I think that that's not something that you would normally see on like if we're comparing co-streaming uh, or watch parties, whatever they're called now, to the official broadcast. One thing I think that is good about the official broadcast is that it refrains from ever taking it so far to say like, why is this person in the LCS or this person needs to just like, you know, leave uh, or whatever they're they they're not die. good enough or something. Yeah, they need and, to go crawl into a hole. And, um, I feel like the negativity thing. I'd be curious if that fits kind of folds into some of the other options there. You know, like oh, lack of good storylines could mean like, well, the storylines that were bad. You know, like. If people do feel this way, I, I wouldn't be surprised if it kind of fit into one of those where it's not like, oh, it's not that not going far at Worlds has made us not interesting to watch, but because we're not, you know, like I'm wondering if, if people kind of trick themselves into putting it for, some, for someone else, or maybe it's less of a, a, a deterrent as we really think it is. Um, because, I mean, I think a lot of people have that sentiment. I assume that, you know, the caller saw the Azale tweet and the Reddit thread, and it seemed to be fairly agreed upon. You know, some people said it's maybe not as bad, or there's some talk back about, like, you know, what, how, how do you ana analyze things and stuff? But, like, regardless, I, I, I overall agree that I feel like there is a lot of focus on what's wrong or, or right in a play, um, or, excuse me, wrong over right in a play. Um, so I don't know. I, I could believe it, but I I doubt it's actually one of the bigger factors compared to the other things that we've talked about. Yeah, I I'm with Mark on this. I think it's not great. I don't think it's great. Um, and I do wish that there was more positivity around. Like I think sometimes I'm not going to say all co co streams do this stuff, but some co streams do not give enough leeway to these teams that are development teams. So for instance, like I am not surprised that Peter thinks, oh, X player should not be competing in the LCS because Peter's got the attitude of somebody who was like always on these top teams, going and winning splits and whatever. And he's looking at it as like, why is this person here? Whereas I tend to think of things as like, I not all 10 teams can try to be, I mean, financially at least right now, championship teams and so having these players come in there that yes are going to fuck up and make major mistakes and all that stuff like i i'd much rather have us investing in some of this newer talent than just sort of bringing back like the folks that have been around for a while but haven't necessarily found success that being said i still think there needs to be better roster stability and i do think we need to like limit the churn but i am okay having players that like are bad in the lcs as long as they a eventually get better or B, you know, I don't know. I, even if they just have great personalities or something, I think that would be great. I don't, I don't expect all fifty to be amazing. Yeah. So pretty down with Immortals, Golden Guardians, and FlyQuest rosters. Both iterations of FlyQuest rosters, honestly. Um, yeah, and you know what? CLG gets a lot of hate, obviously, but I know that Finn has been targeted a lot, and like, like we had him on the show recently. But I, even then, I'm like, I don't mind. Like Finn, I don't think is necessarily a bad pickup or a bad attempt by an LCS team, and I feel like he's had times. I don't know, Mark, if you have an opinion on this, but... Too hard on CLG, but I think if you go back and check the tapes for most analysts when the CLG roster was put together, a lot of us were saying, like, what is the point? Because you did not secure more star power than these other teams. You got a bunch of people who were second fiddle 
on their Worlds qualifying teams. Everyone's like, wow, three of their five players made Worlds last year. It's like, yeah, but how many of them were the reason they made Worlds? Yeah. And it's pretty low for them. I, so like, I, I agree. I, I, I don't want to go hard on CLG. I'm just saying that, like their roster was pretty poorly conceived from the get-go. I think it turned out worse than it had any right to be. Um, I, don't, I, I don't think that they would ever be 10th place even though I, I thought they weren't going to make worlds and I thought the roster didn't make sense to me, I never would have, I don't think I would have predicted 10th place. Yeah, sorry. I was speaking just specifically of Finn, which I know you mean like Finn is part of the roster, but I just mean like if if somebody had brought Finn over and stuck him on a different roster, I, I don't know. I just, I'm less critical, I think, of him as a player than, than others are, but maybe, maybe I should be. No, I'm just saying that like he wasn't the reason Rogue made worlds. He is a fine player. I just think when you're importing players, you're looking for superstars generally. And Finn is good. He He's clearly good, but like, you know, it's, yeah. it's in, in terms of the CLG roster construction, which I said this then too, Finn got a lot of hate for what is a ultimately flawed CLG approach. Um, and I, I would still say that's true. Like, I think Finn's a fine player. Anyway, here's, here's my final take on this. I agree with you, a Korean guy that, it does not help the LCS how negative everybody is on it. And it might hinder us a little bit. I disagree that it is like the biggest issue. And I think one thing I didn't really get a chance to, but part of the reason I was asking you about the LCS broadcast is like, if you want to, if you don't like the negativity, I think there is a decent amount of content that you can go to, to avoid it. Right? Like I think the LCS uh, broadcast is far less negative about stuff than a lot of the watch streams are. I think you know, people can argue about whether or not that should be the case, but there's third-party content that, uh, sorry, not third-party, the shoulder content that LCS makes, like the dive and all that stuff is going to be less negative. I try, you know, we, we get kind of negative on the Hotline League, but even I think here it's it's a little less. We, I don't think any of us are surprised when LCS doesn't perform great, and that's why I don't think we spend so much time harping on LCS's failures. Anyway. Thank you, Korean guy, for the uh, call. Anything you want to shout out before we go on to the next caller? No, I mean, uh, thanks for having me on, and uh, you know, you guys do a great thing over here, so keep it up. Thank you so much. Have a good one. Thank you. All right, Mark is off to grab the next caller. Uh, let's see, we got Bank Shot for ten months, Dak Jamkin for nineteen, Matt seven three eight nine. Uh, Horny Jail for Kaisa. Always great to have you back subbing. Thank you for the nine months. Hope Jail's going okay. Butter Michael, 32 months. Dominic, thank you for the five. Appreciate it. Max Drixton is here. Max, you, uh, you've you subbed before and I think you've been on the show, yes? This is my first time calling. This is your first time. Okay, you've just been around for so long that I uh, I recognize the, the name. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about how, uh, at first, I was pretty critical of the 18 playoff format, but seeing the way that things have turned out this split, it's kind of changed my mind. I'm a fan of the format, at least the way it's worked out uh, up to this point. And sorry, I forgot to ask, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Philadelphia. Philadelphia, okay. So you think the 18, eight team format is good. There's, I think, a, a subreddit thread today where some people were pretty critical of, like, you play for each of these teams plays like 45 games and then 80 percent. it was back and forth some people liked it some people didn't there yeah like yeah the thread equal. sorry the title was like critical but the conversation and it was it was interesting i learned in there that uh something like what is it 20 out of 30 nba teams make it to playoffs now 
is what I read. And I guess this is it's a bit, there's been a trend to including more teams in playoffs for at least um, American sports, uh, traditional sports. So I thought that was really interesting, but. 16, I guess they bumped up to 20, or they, I think they do like a ninth, 10th play in or something. I, I don't remember. I don't keep up with that NBA anymore, but yeah. What, uh, so what do you, why are you okay with it being eight? And I guess why were you skeptical and why did you change your main, your mind now? Uh, so the reason I was skeptical at first was just because with eight teams, it seems like things are going to be really low stakes. Uh, most teams aren't going to have a lot to play for. Um, but looking at the way things have worked out this split, right, we're going into the last week. Uh, we have three games left. And the top five teams are all playing for a playoff buy, or for, yeah, a playoff buy. Um, Dig and IMT are both playing to avoid starting in the loser's bracket, and the bottom three teams are all playing for a playoff spot. So with only three games left to play, everyone has something to fight for right now. Like, most of the games this weekend are going to matter. And normally by this point in the split, like four teams usually would not have anything that really matters going on. So I appreciate I that. A... Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to say, I mean, it's a good point. If you have a 16 playoff format, um, right now, Golden Guardians, basically everyone's fucked, and it's just between Immortals and Dig, right? You you, you cut out a number of the stories. Now it's Immortals and Dig fighting for uh, the upper bracket and TSM, TL, uh, TSM, 100 Thieves, Cloud9, and EG fighting for uh, buys. And so, so, like, there is more going on. I can somewhat understand the fan sentiment about 45 games to do this. I don't know how if the caller has felt like the 45 games is justified in their minds or problematic. Because uh, I think there's there's two parts, right? There's like the eight-team format for playoffs, and there's also the actual regular season format. Yeah. What do you think of the regular season format, Max? Uh, I think I liked it more when spring didn't matter. I think it's okay for games that happened that long ago to not impact playoffs happening right now. So I, Oh, go ahead, Mark. No, I was going to say, I, I kind of agree with him about that. Um, I, you know, having, having gone through, I, I wouldn't have known before this split how I felt about it, but like combining the two has felt a little weird. Um, and I know there's not that much fluctuation between like what would happen if you swap the games of total versus summer and rearrange the standings, you know, like EG becomes tied with TSM and cloud nine and TL are still in the top five, you know, like there is some movement around, but it's not a ton, but I, I still kind of feel that way that I, I wish it like, you know, I, I don't know if this is the exact format that I feel good about and to, uh, um, Gilhodo's point, Immortals would go up to standings a lot, actually. They'd be, uh, they'd be tied with C9 and TL. So here, so a couple different things here. So to, to the original point, uh, which you, you made like, oh, there's a ton of interesting stuff happening, Max, Mark, you agree. I think Riot got really lucky with this. Because think about yeah. every other year. It's been like, oh, you've got like Cloud9 up at the top and then like TSM and TL like right behind them by a couple games. And like usually, you can just swap those teams in any OTLs at the top, and TSM and C9 are behind them a little bit. Maybe one of those teams is like struggling a little bit, but and then normally the bottom teams don't matter uh, because they're so far gone, and like you know, it's a big deal if you drop. Like, think about how different this split is. I know a lot of people have been kind of talking about this, but like there are five teams up at the top where like they're possibly 
like they're worlds. competitive to go to worlds. And now, you know, after this weekend, I feel like there's some IMT hype too. So maybe you, like, if you, I think it's a pretty hot take IMT making it to worlds, but like, who knows? Who knows? And then like a, a, a surging FlyQuest Academy and Golden Guardians. And obviously they both had bad weekends, but like the last couple of weeks have been really interesting for them. You know, I just think this is an, a very, very, very lucky time for them to have this eight team playoff format because I don't think shit like this ever happens. And I feel like normally you would be looking at this and you'd be like, really, we're going to have eight teams go here. Like it's just a matter of like, there's three teams and probably one of them will get upset and won't make it to worlds type thing, you know, because of some random team. So I just, I think it's really lucky. Uh, I think, I think I, in normal years, this is not going to be as great. Yeah. I, I was saying something to dive today, but like week, week six, seven, eight is usually pretty shit, but because of the fly quest, golden guardians roster swap and resurgence, it made it pretty good. Yeah. Um, but I think that aside, like you still are going to have now best of fives with the seventh, eighth place teams that might not be that entertaining. Um, I don't know how much that matters, you know, in the grand scheme of things. And you still have a ton of games played in the regular season. And someone in chat said this, and I, I told you, we talked about this, I think off air, just like the start of summer seemed to lack some of that, like, oh my God, how good are these teams? Where like Immortals started super hot in summer. I think they were like four and two or six and two or something like that, but they were like, fifth or sixth place and it feels like some of that craziness that you get at the start of a split was just gone because everyone already had these these rankings um and so like the 18 playoff format to me is something I, I would be down for even in those situations you're talking about where there's like a clear-cut number one team and the two worst teams are just trash like let's say clg stayed how they were and golden guardians didn't get this like resurgence you know yeah and and you weren't excited about them like it would still be boring i guess but like that i don't think six is any more interesting in that conversation either if, if there's only six teams in playoffs so yeah I, I think i think there's more of a conversation actually we had about the regular season changes uh with the carryover than the um playoff at eight yeah i guess it's fair to say they got lucky but maybe even if they didn't get lucky it's okay my take is so I'm less, I care less about the spring to summer rollover, though I it's kind of annoying to me sometimes because I feel like I have to go look up the standings for summer in order to get an accurate gauge of like how teams actually seem like they're performing. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's weird because you get such a skewed representation where like C9, when you just look at the standings, you'll be like, oh, they're actually like quite good right now. And then you go and you look and they're like, actually, they're you know, they're, they've got equal MTL wins and losses. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Like it's, so I think that's kind of annoying to me. And, uh, so, so I, I'm still not as decided there. What I will say is I'm done with the Friday game stuff. Like send this shit back to Saturday, Sunday, five games, uh, a, a day. And just, out? There's just too many. I think, I think that's, I suspect. Okay. So, I want to caveat this by saying I don't have any data around this. And I know this, we as a group, a community, an industry, whatever, we all make these big statements like, oh, you know, the reason why people are watching LCS less is because we don't go to Worlds and it's like, or we don't do well at Worlds. And it's like, okay, well, can you show me any kind of information that shows that? Or like, like we all make these big, but I'm about to do that. But at least I will acknowledge that this is just me saying what I think. 
I think there's it's actually just kind of fatiguing. You know, like the, it's too much league content right now, and I actually think that's part of the reason why viewership is taking a hit because it's just like there's too much. There's it's content saturation because not only do we ask people to watch a lot of games on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, but we also ask them to watch the dive and hotline league and this or that and face check and all these different things. Obviously they don't have to watch all of it, but it's just like if in a world where this was the only league that was happening, I think it makes sense to have this much LCS, but like you're competing against people that want to watch LEC and LCK and LPL as well. And all this shoulder content, all this stuff. I just, I honestly think it's too much. And, and I guess maybe the argument is like, well, then, you know, maybe people don't need to watch the last game of the day or something like that. But I, I don't know. I just think it's way too much. And I think if you're going to have eight games, eight, I think that it works well. If you want to keep eight teams going, I think having less games and making every game count a lot more is good. Now, I don't know what coaches and people would say. Like, I know we've got uh, Peter Dunn in the chat, maybe, and Gyoto, maybe some other people. Like Friday. What's that? Generally, 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 teams don't like Friday because they lose a, a practice day. Yeah, and and I think. In the past, some people actually wanted there to be more games because they felt like it would be more practice for Worlds and that type of stuff. But, like, I don't know, man. I'm just kind of, like, I I am fatigued watching it. Like, I here, here's my mea culpa. I don't always watch the Friday games. Uh, and I take that day sometimes to try to do other stuff work-related. Um, and I'll have it up on a second screen or something like that. But it's not, like, I, I cannot always... Like, I, it just feels like it's too much, even for me who covers this stuff, you know? Like, I don't know if I want, it probably ends up being like 17 or 18 hours of broadcast. I don't know. I'd have to see, but it, obviously it depends on if you're watching like the shows beforehand and all that stuff. But it's like, it's like a part-time job just to watch everything. Um, and Setting I, I us down the rabbit hole of best of three versus best of one at a conversation. I'm no, sick of having. no. No, no, that's all Twitch is talking about right now. You don't, you're not intending to, but that's the rabbit hole you're you're leading us down. Ignore, Here's ignore the, Twitch chat talking about best of twos and best of threes. Like it is a literally just spamming best of two, best of three, every everything. Yeah. Here's what I'll say: No one agreed with you when you said this in Twitch chat. Um, most people said they liked the games. Really? So you're wrong. And let's move on. I'm gonna do a poll. Do a poll. I love polls. Um, Phil, while I'm typing this out. Uh, so I, I, I mean, like I would believe it, like you said, like I'll believe whatever the data tells me. I don't really have super strong opinions on this kind of stuff. Um, I enjoy having three days personally. Poll is up everybody. Wait, it just says Friday games. Yes. Which means we like them. Yes. Like you want Friday games. Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure it wasn't Friday games bad. And then someone's saying, yes, Friday games are bad. I guess I should have done like three days a week or something like that. All right. Either way. uh, This is working. 72 to 16 percent so i guess i'm just screwed yeah wrong anyways i agree with the caller i like the playoffs why do people like three okay caller max are you here yep do you like the three day a week thing with lcs i do uh the reason i like three days is i only watch lcs i don't watch lec or any of those other regions um and i just like having a few more games yeah, so it's just you just want more games, and so this gives you them. Novice is burnt out on League of Legends, so he doesn't like the days. But all the 
all the joyous people who love Me? League of Legandos is happy for the extra day. No, I mean, I like it. I, f- I feel like we're losing viewership because other people are burnt out on, on League of Legends. It's just tough. Um, I, uh, and it's been more it's been more interesting. Like, I have enjoyed the League more in the past couple of weeks because you've seen some really interesting historical, I would say, things happening with teams like Hunter T, EG, FlyQuest, Golden Guardians, etc. But, like, I don't know. I just I feel like it's a fuck ton of League of Legends um, for LCS now. And uh, I think that's part of the reason why this stuff is, is hurting. But 70% of people say in, the, in my chat, which is obviously not a representative sample because uh, these people are pretty hardcore, um, they, they say they, they like it. So I guess I'm a fool. I'm a fool. Billy Goose. Uh, Max, thank you so much for the call. Anything you want to shout out before we say goodbye? Yeah. Uh, first, thanks for having me. Um, and also a shout out to Mermaids. They're a UK-based charity that benefits trans youth. So uh, consider do- donating if you can afford to and if they align with your personal values. Thank you, Max. Have a good one. Yep, you too. All right. Uh, it is time for a quick break to talk about Alienware. Uh, Let's head on go. to alienware.com slash Travis. Uh, and you can take a look at all the cool stuff we got going on over there. Actually, one thing you guys can all do that is very, very helpful for me, because a lot of people I know, you know, maybe you're not in the market for an Alienware computer. Uh, maybe you just don't need a computer right now. Maybe you don't need a notebook. Maybe you don't need, you know, they make great monitors and accessories. And so maybe you could do that. But let's say you just are like, I'm set on computer stuff for right now, Travis. Do me a favor, click the link, alienware.com says Travis. Up at the very, very top, right in the middle, you're going to see something that says Alienware Arena. Click through to that, sign up for Alienware Arena, and take a look at some of their giveaways. They have a bunch of stuff uh, that is cool that they do here, and you don't need to be in the market for a Alienware computer in order to take advantage of some of the cool stuff they've got going on here. Um, and it's just really helpful for me because I know that they love to get folks onboarded onto to Alienware Arena. You know, it's one of their the things that they look at to see like, oh, you know, maybe maybe Travis, uh, not as many people buying computers during the summer or something like that. But look, a bunch of people joined Alienware Arena, which means they're part of kind of our club. So either way, Alienware.com says Travis, if you're listening to this on YouTube or watching it on YouTube, you can click the link in the description. I will go ahead and stick that in the uh, Twitch chat right now so that people can click over to it. Uh, what if we live outside the U.S., says Last Samurai. So you can join Alienware Arena outside the U.S., um, I, I believe. I'm not, I hope I'm not crazy in saying this, but I'm pretty sure uh, that you can join even outside the U.S., and there's benefits for people outside the U.S. too. So that's actually a great way, too, if, uh, if you would like to, to join and to support uh, their sponsorship of the show. You know, you guys all, all going over there and signing up. Maybe you've, you have, haven't been on in a while. Just log in and check it out. Uh, see if there's anything new there for you because maybe you have an account. Maybe you made something uh, to, as part of a giveaway that I did a long time ago. So either way, thank you to everybody who supports the show by checking out Alienware. Uh, it would be really great if you, yeah. Kill Bossa says, New World Fried My 3090. Well, no, no, I don't believe any thir- Alienware 3090s are getting fried by New World. So uh, you can go rest assured your 3090 will be there. I need to go check it out. Um, thank you to uh, Alienware for sponsoring the show. All right. On to the next caller. Mark goes off. Uh, th- thank you to 
Too short for you. Annie, thank you for the 10 months. Purple Ray Q for 34. Oh, my God. Coming up on 36. Uh, Purple Ray Q says, Game Feel actually resealable cans on one I've actually uh, that actually had hold in the flavor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Signet, thank you for the prime. Lord Cordor, thank you for the prime. And Mr. Dr. Enchiladas, thank you for the three months. Mark should be getting back here in just a second. Um, I'm here. Hello. He is here. Xanadu is here. Xanadu, where are you calling from? Calling from Woodstock, Illinois, uh, the town where they filmed Groundhog Day. Nice. What You said Woodstock, Illinois? Yep. Okay. Is that also where Woodstock took place? No. Okay. You can understand my confusion, though. <laughs> True. Okay. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, well, I want to talk about who is going to Worlds this year. Uh, it's going to be TSM, EG, and Cloud9. TSM, EG, and Cloud9. All right. I don't yep. know if this is too hot of a take, but it's... I mean, it's... No 100 Thieves? I think it's pretty yeah, hot. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. No 100 Thieves. Do we... Like, I think right now that if I was going to... Like, in predicting who's going to Worlds, I feel like it's pretty easy right now to just stick... 100T, EG, C9, TL, and TSM into a, like, put all their names into a hat and just pull out three. So that's why I don't think it's, like, that hot of a take. That's uh, not bad. But, I mean, I have legitimate reason to believe 100 Thieves ain't going. I mean, they they practically went 0-3 this week. They went 1-2, their win against uh, CLG, who basically threw the game right to them. They they basically went 0-3 this week. Yeah. That's why I, I mean, they lost to Dig the week before. Like, I am, uh, they lost to EG. They lost to Golden Guardians um, during the, I guess this is the July 9th weekend, so maybe not the weekend before. But, uh, like, I, I, this is why I don't think it's that hot of a take that Hunter T might not be going to Worlds. I definitely don't think that they're a shoe in. Oh, so. Well, I mean, I, I, I guess we agree. Yeah. So, then, uh, so why, the other tell hand. me about the other three teams. Why do you think those three are oh. going? Uh, EG and TSM are pretty consistent right now. They have dropped a few games to uh, some of the lower teams, but I mean, they overall are pretty, playing at a pretty high level, uh, and they're pretty solid across the map. Uh, similarly, Cloud9 has been beginning to turn it back up. Uh, the big question mark, surprisingly, is Perks right now. <laughs> I know that's been the conversation all year, but... Uh, Sorry, the yeah, biggest TSM, question mark is, is Perks, you're saying? On Cloud9. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, continue. Oh, yeah. Uh, and similarly, Team Liquid, I don't think they're going to be able to clinch it just because our, our Mayo is not it. And uh, the Diffie and the Jiffy, I think, is going to be too big a deal. I mean, this, this is why, like, I... I mean, jokes aside about pinning the names in the hat, like, I think those would be, based off of recent performance, I assume that's what most people would be predicting is EG... TSM and Cloud9. Um, well, I guess even even Cloud9 might even be like the shakiest name in that group. Uh, you just have to really believe in their like performance this last weekend to, to feel good about that. But I don't know, Mark. Uh, why why would you not pick those three? I mean, to your point, the top five does feel really close. I think we have a call about that later. But uh, I just uh, I was surprised to see. Uh, I mean, one of the things he said was closer is a poser um, in yep, his, his reasoning. I agree. Uh, I'm a Golden Guardians fan. I know you have most of your callers are. But uh, last year when closer was playing for our team, I'll be honest, 
he was okay, not actually that impressive. And I see the analyst desk keep hyping up, and I'm just like, I, I don't really get it. He's okay, but he's not actually, like, that amazing. Definitely way better than Armeo, but... Who do you uh, think is... who? How would you rank the top three junglers? Three junglers right now? Yeah. I'd probably say... Well, well Spe- obviously Spica. Spica's one suggestion I can give you. I assume you put it Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Spica. Okay. You uh, slammed Armeo. So your other three junglers are Closer, Sven Skarin, Blabber, and, and Blabber. Yeah, pretty much. So I get, so like, again, the question okay. is like, do you not include Closer in those top three? You know, he's close, but he doesn't really stand out like uh, Speaker or Sven Skarin, which... I think Svenskara's been doing solid this year. I mean, nobody. That, that's a, that, that's why, also why I feel like there's at least a take here. Like, I know EG's record looks good, but people still aren't talking about them. Svenskara's not even the best jungler on EG. Hello, <laughs> Peters. Svenskara, Spika, and Contracts are his top three. All right. He's got the top two of the top three junglers in the league. Locking them down. Uh, all right. Well, anyway, sorry. Back, Mark, to, to this. Okay, so... This man is a closer hater, uh, which I think he's kind of at odds with most people on that. But, Mark, who do you think are the, the top three, or who should be the, the three that people are predicting to go to Worlds? Gun to my head, 100 Thieves, EG, TSM. Right now. I think what I saw out of C9 was better this weekend, and I'm starting to feel a little bit more confident in them stealing one of those spots. TL, to me, is is in their own tier. I actually don't think it's a top five. I think it's a top four, um, to be honest. I don't I don't really believe in TL at all. Uh, so that would be mine. I, I can see the argument for C9, given what their top end should be. They're just not hitting it right now. All right. Uh, can I give one more reason why I think 100 Thieves isn't going to make it? Sure. Those Reaper drafts, man. Time and time again, we see him be confident about a draft and really hone in on it even after they lose on it. And... At least the Reaper drafts, they usually backfire. Do you agree with that, Mark? No. No. Okay. Not 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 particularly. I mean, like I feel like his drafts win him just as many games as he loses. I feel like the whole Reaper bad drafts is like it happens, sure, but I feel like a lot of times people soft lose drafts, whereas like Reaper's drafts are more like boom or bust. Um, in a sense, like they'll 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 take a bigger risk, whereas some people are like, yeah, well, I just uh, picked three stable lanes that don't actually do anything in the game, and they just slowly lose, and uh, there you go. Mark, I want to ask you. Okay, so there's been a lot of discussion around in the summer. Okay, you carry over your spring split standings, and then you have all these games because it's three three days a week. Uh a lot of teams are supposed to be able to experiment more, try different drafts or whatever. And it's okay to like lose some games because you're experimenting. Do you think any teams are doing that right now? Um, I feel like TSM did at different points during the split. I think you could argue hundred thieves did. Um, I don't really feel that way necessarily about C9 or TL. I feel like EG has just had good meta reads. I feel like they're not doing anything too crazy. But they're also not like we just play X. 
other than maybe you could say impact plays a ton of Renekton and just kind of, but like, I don't know. I, I feel like they're fine. Yeah. I was just curious. Cause if, cause one, I think it's interesting if nobody's taking advantage of this, right? Cause it kind of, it's, it's like an interesting aspect of some of the arguments for why this format would be good. But two, it just kind of made me think about when you were talking about the Reaper drafts caller, uh, if Hunter T is trying any, any unique stuff because they feel like they can. I don't know. Uh, all right, Xanadu, thanks so much for the call. Anything you want to uh, say? Actually, sorry, one one question for you. You listed off some good stuff, some good reasons, or a lot of reasons why Hunter T wasn't going to go. I'm curious why you think EG is going to go. I'm just not seeing too many problems with them right now. I mean, you just think some questionable Jazuke, some questionable Jazuke plays, but I mean they've really managed to clean that. The team's managed to play around it fairly well, and I mean that's how they get those leads. I mean, o overall they have a pretty consistent map right now. Yeah. Okay. Thanks so much, Xanadu, for the call. And uh, anything you want to shout out? Uh, critically acclaimed MMORPG Final Fantasy fourteen. Ever, what is up with the? I feel like I'm going to have you like to play Danny Final O'Dwyer. You like you like Danny O'Dwyer, right? Yes. I just watched his documentary on Final Fantasy fourteen and like what happened. That with was, the I think, one of the first of... ones he ever did for his for no clip. Isn't that pretty oh, old? Yeah. It's pretty old. It's like four years ago. Yeah, but yeah. I started playing the game anyways, just because like it was free and I actually started playing. I didn't know much of, like a ton of the of what happened. And then with all the WoW stuff, I've been I've been following it. And like Yoshi P is the fucking shit. I love this guy. Um, get in there. All right. Well, uh, Square, if you want us, you want to pay us for that ad. Uh, I'd appreciate it. Thanks so much, Sanity, for the call. Yep. Have a good one. Yeah, I feel like I have to. I feel like everyone's playing it, and now I need to. Um, yep. You won't. Maybe. I also, won't. read my read my Skype message, loser. Oh, okay. I didn't see it. Uh, I'm checking it. And all right. Mark is going off to grab the next caller. Uh, thank you to Mac to Ace for the 20 months. And I am Elvis Four uh, as well for the thirty-eight months. Oh my God, thirty-eight! It's crazy. All right, uh, I'm back. Mark is back. Jim, where are you calling from? I'm calling from Montana. Montana. I, if you told me you were the very first person to ever call us from Montana, I would believe you. I just no. I remember a couple of months ago. I think last Worlds, someone from Montana called and talked about how TSM was going to be. Uh, really successful at Worlds that year, and you guys all thought it was a great take. I remember the one other Montana caller, so not many of us. Was that but... you? Nope, it was somebody else. How do you rem Okay. Anyway, Jim, what do you want to talk oh, about on the show? Just up the street. <laughs> so my take is that Peter Dunn is the most successful import of the past off season. Oh, he, boy. The ability to, like shape and articulate what he wants his team to be get the right team members and then also like come on shows like hotline link and other places talk about this and then deliver on it on a way that's like he's always said he's going to have a fun team to watch and that's what really matters at least to me that's why i tune in and so i know like if i miss some games if i want to see a vod always click on eg because it'll be fun also you guys talked about people not experimenting even if they have games to throw away he bumped up an ADC from amateur all the way up to the LCS roster and has been knocking it out of the park ever since. So that's why I think, you know, Peter Dunn needs some accolades. I was going to call and say this. I've been a fan of the guy for a while when he got on, but I just 
you know, didn't watch the show at the right time. I wasn't able to call in, but yeah, that's my thoughts. What do you guys think? Did Peter leave? I haven't seen him in Twitch chat. Peter, no, no, I, we I was talking, I was talking to him all last him call. Uh, we don't need, we don't need him to get. Oh, there he is. Yeah. Okay. Writing. Just keep, um, keep his head down. Okay. To the caller's point, who is the best import? this split or this year because it was technically he came over uh in spring you have perks i don't know about that one right now you have alfari i think abadage is up up in that list of of people abadage might be your favorite right now yeah um sword art probably not i mean i actually think sword has been fine this split but not like six million dollar do we count run my whole team level Fudge doesn't count because you didn't have to give up resources to bring him over, really. Right? I think that's... Did you have to give up resources to bring over Peter Dunn? You had to convince him to leave Europe. Fudge has seen him imploded. Like, he's going to come. You don't have to convince him of anything. Okay. So no oceanic people can be part of this because the volcano exploded and Atlantis went under the water. Exactly. I don't think if you have no other options, then you can say, like, great decision to bring that guy over, necessarily. Um, And to Empire's point, yeah, Fudge was here on C9 last year. Um, So I would say it's probably between Peter and Abadage, right? I mean, I know Peter's not a player and it makes the whole comparison kind of ridiculous anyways, but I think... I mean, I don't know. I like these conversations. I don't think it's that ridiculous. Like, it's, it's a good... Because I think this kind of conversation illuminates a lot of other issues with the way the LCS and the team owners approach roster building, right? Like, if if EG act, if our last caller is correct and EG makes it to Worlds, that was the last caller, right? I'm not losing my mind. Um, if if EG if the last caller is right and EG makes it to Worlds with this team that people just like joked about, you know what I mean? Like nobody. People said have been shit talking Jazuke for so long, and Peter I think is probably one of the few people you know. Normally a player gets that much shit and they get sent out. Peter stood by him and kept him in. Uh, I I don't know. I I just love these conversations because they are the best moments because you get to talk about how much of a letdown Sword Art perks and Alfari have been, and nobody wants to talk about that stuff because it feels shitty to say. But, like, I don't think those players... I think there are great players that are, are fantastic in their roles, but I do not think that they have at all met the amount of resources that were invested in to, to bring them over here. And, uh, and again, these guys were supposed to, like, run the kingdom in LCS, I feel like, uh, when they showed up, and it just hasn't happened. So, uh, yeah, sure, why not give it to Peter Dunn? All right. Just to add something too, think of contracts and Spence Garen sharing time, how badly that has gone in a lot of other situations, not even on stage, but in the media and perception of people as a whole. I haven't really heard anything. I mean, people might say like, why not just put in contracts or whatever after he comes in for one game and just pops off. But I mean, they're going back and forth. I'm not really seeing any negativity from the players, like either the two junglers or any analysts or anything. And I think that that's not something that really happens, I guess, all the time. So that's another, you know, plus for Peter. I feel like um, if if we're talking 
I mean, so like people are talking about Xerxes, he's been good. Uh, Gilhoto as well. Uh, I mean, obviously, I think Immortals has done better than people thought they would, especially spring to summer. Like that, that improvement is is good. For sure. Uh, but I think with EG seeming like legit potential title threats, there's a little bit more. Um, I don't know. I mean, also EG has a better lineup. I mean, no offense to the Immortals guys. I mean, but EG was clearly a bigger spender. I mean, they sp- yeah, they acquire. spent way more money. I bet you it's yeah, they, twice as much, if not more. Yeah, I mean, Revenge and Insanity and Raise and Destiny could not be that expensive. So I feel like, you know, Gilhoto's working with a little bit less. Um, but I also feel like, I don't know, I, I give a lot of credit to people who become, like, legit title threats. Um, we'll see if EG end up being that way in best of fives. Um, I expect they will, but... Um, where's it going with this? Oh, AG LCS payroll. Now this is before this was from spring, but EG but no LCS payroll more than three times Immortals LCS payroll. So yeah, uh, I mean, so, so yeah, to your point, good for Gilhoto, good for Xerxes. Uh, Xerxes, excuse me, but I, I still feel like um, both teams have improved their team substantially from spring to summer. Uh, I I think uh, I'd still go with like, hey, we actually are going to win the championship kind of thing potentially. I mean, obviously we won't know this when we when we end up voting for different things, but you know what's so sad? I I it is sad to me how few people know about Peter Dunn uh, in the LCS. Like, I think when we had him on last time on Hotline League, a lot of people show up and say like, who is this guy or whatever. Like, I my request to you, Mark is the next time you're in a story meeting or whatever, please hype up Peter Dunn. Because I actually think it is... I like this call. In fact, wait, where are we? Peter, I don't I don't know where Peter Dunn is right now, but this motherfucker has never was... was we got Artemis on the desk instead of him. Where, why isn't Peter coming on? Caller, I'm giving you the victory caller, the game field victory caller, because I like this take so much. I think I think uh, people really... It's, it's hard to remember now because there's been a bajillion games, uh, but people were so down on EG. Um, and I remember Peter Dunn saying that, like, you know, he always makes it to Worlds. Now, we, he still hasn't made it to Worlds, so who knows? Maybe they're going to go out in the very beginning of playoffs and I'm going to look like an idiot for, for believing so much in him. But, like, I think uh, it is really remarkable what he's been able to do with this, especially with players that people derided, especially with uh, a player who people, uh, you know, a player who came out of amateur uh, not academy, but amateur, and showed up in the summer and has done pretty decent. So, uh, yeah, I'm I'm on board with this take. I think it's great. Uh, I sorry, I'm on board. I still don't know if I would choose Abu Dhabi or or Peter Dunn. I think it really comes down to which which one of those two teams makes it to Worlds, because I'm guessing that only one of the two will. But I uh, I, I I like it. I feel like Peter is pretty uh, averse to like the kind of narrative hype building stuff, but. Emily was talking about uh, a hype video for him, and you know what? We're gonna do it in in, in playoffs. We're gonna call him the uh, the mad scientist to go with the evil geniuses kind of thing. And I don't know. We'll make up a bunch of stupid shit to make him feel really awkward, and then we'll put him on on the analyst desk and interview him after they three zero hundred thieves. You guys heard Mark committed to this. So if it doesn't happen, Mark has failed you. Anyway. Jim, uh, yeah. Thank you so much for the call. Is there anything you want to say before we uh, go on to our next caller? 
Shout out to Game Fuel and keep doing your good work, guys. And uh, yeah, great to be on the call. Shout out to EG. Great to see him at Worlds. Jim, do me a favor and shoot me a message uh, on Discord so that I can get you info on how to get the, the Game Fuel stuff. We're going to hook you up with a, a case of Game Fuel, though. Thanks. Yeah, thanks. Have a good one. Okay, on to the next caller. I'm trying to move Jim out of the room, but Discord is being weird. Uh, pl please, there we go. Thank you, Jim. Um, I don't know why it was being weird. Okay, uh, all all the dog, or is it alt the dog? All the dog. Thank you for the prime. We're waiting on uh Mark to get back with that. Emily in the chat. Emily needs to to put stuff in the uh, Rift reaction show notes uh for LEC if she hasn't already. Have you, Emily? God Usopp oh, uh, is here. God, where are you calling from? Uh, Lexington, Kentucky. Kentucky. What do you want to talk about on the show? Um, one second. Let me pull it up. I'm going to read it. Do you, do you sit in a very squeaky chair? Yeah, I'm actually outside on my balcony right now. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. So my take is this is the most competitive playoffs in LCS history. Any of the top five teams could win playoffs, and it's hard to say who's the clear favorites. Agreed. Agreed. I definitely agree with that. Uh, and I think I saw somebody retweet, somebody retweeted this into my feed today where they were talking about how the same is true for LEC as well. And I was just talking about Rift Reaction, but I've been paying more attention to LEC this split because of uh, doing that show with Emily. And, and we talked about that stuff. And I... I hear it's the same thing over there. It seems like it's it's just for whatever reason, something's in the water this year where we've got a bunch of different teams that are all like I don't I don't know if I can say for certain this team is definitely going to Worlds for the LCS right now. Uh, what do you what do you think, Mark? I agree. Um, I would question if it's. I mean, the reason I always like these ones because it's the most competitive ever ever i'm trying to think you know all the way back to season three spring uh can you mute yeah yeah you're good you're good just uh until until you you, you talk again i mean i muted him on my side sorry continue okay um so i i would say uh you know Ever, I would I would be curious if there's there it was another time that it felt like there were five legitimate threats i feel like We've had a lot of parity before. I specifically remember 2018 spring, right after franchising. I think like every team was in within one game of each other, or, like or at least like eight of the teams were within one game of each other. Um, but towards the end of the year, you mean? No, 2018 spring. So oh, 2018 spring. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, he didn't say he didn't say closest like worlds race. He just said closest playoffs. Right. Yeah. Um, and so this year, in 2018 spring, it was 100 Thieves 12 and 6, Echo Fox 12 and 6, TSM 11 and 7, TL 11 and 7, and C9 11 and 7, Clutch Gaming 11 and 7. Um, so it was six teams that were all pretty close together. I mean, you could argue that Clutch wasn't really a threat, which a lot of us did because we called them the line and all that meme shit. Um, but then they ended up beating TSM in that... that um, that really famous best of five with Hakuho Thresh and stuff like that. So like 
I mean, I, I would say the same thing about TL right now. Like, I feel like TL is the line. They, they've only beaten EG as the only top team. They've beaten this entire split through three round robins. Um, and there's they have two more top five team matchups to, to go. Um, so, like, I would put them in clutch territory there. And and that, that playoff felt like anyone could kind of win. I mean, it's definitely the most competitive race to Worlds, for sure. Because uh, I just have never been in a situation before where, like, I I had no clue which teams were going. I mean, I, again, it's easy. You can say three of these five are almost certainly the ones that are going, but I don't, there's not one team I can point to for sure. I mean, maybe TSM, yeah. ironically. Like, I say that ironically because it's not like they have been – I mean, they've been in, like, the second position. It's not, they've not held this, like, commanding lead, but I kind of believe more world, in them though. in a best of five than in, like, EG or 100T. What were you going to say? So like I would agree that like maybe they're the the favorite to make worlds in any of the three positions, but I could also see a world where like they have a weird draft read, Huni loses some games in a best of five, and loss gets exploited by like FBI or something, depending on where they they meet, and then like they don't make. I don't know. I I could see a world where they don't still make, yeah. make it's it. It's not guaranteed, so. right? Exactly, it's not guaranteed. Like I have more and faith even, in them than any in any of these other teams, but I it's not guaranteed. And even when there's been crazier upsets, like, you know, C9 not making Worlds last year after looking so fucking good for three-fourths of it, you know, even then, it didn't feel like, oh, there's five five teams that could make it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I don't know. I think it's been really exciting. It's part of the reason why I've been a little bummed that, like, so many people seem to be detaching themselves from the league right now in terms of viewers and all that stuff, because I think the storylines are really exciting. It's just tough because the storylines that are really exciting, I think are around newer teams. Like, look, I'm just going to be honest about it. Like people didn't really give a shit about EG for the past year and a half. And so it's kind of tough then I think for part of the challenges, they are a very fascinating team with a very fascinating story, but it's July and like they've come out of nowhere to do this. And I think that's part of the reason why um, you're, it's like just, it's, it's a weird time. Uh, I think for LCS viewers and I, it's a great time, but it's just, I think there's a lot of TSM fans out there that want to see TSM three games ahead of everybody else. And just like Bjergsen dancing on stage behind the players whenever he's in draft. And uh, it's just not been the way that it's been, but anyway, yeah, I'm, like I'm super down for it. Yeah. I feel like Emily made a good point too, where each of the teams has pretty different play styles. Like I don't feel like any of the top five teams play that similarly. I would say like maybe TL 100 Thieves are the closest in playstyle, but even then, like closed are so much more aggressive than Armeo and stuff, and like Core JJ roams a lot more than who he. So like, I, I don't really think there's anything that that compares too directly, which is cool. That's not just like I think that's one of the reasons you could argue it's closer is that it's not just a bunch of teams all trying to do the same thing, and just some teams are better at it than others. Imagine we get an EG 100 T final. Imagine the viewership. I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's what's so fascinating. And so what's weird is that in the LEC, they had record-breaking viewership, I believe, for their Rogue Mad Lions spring split uh, finals. Roasted for that tweet that you made. I did get roasted for that tweet um, because I was like – because so much of the fandom is locked. Like, I stand by the meaning behind that tweet, which is like so much of the fandom in the LEC is locked up and fanatic – ng2 i have like youtube viewership from interviews around these teams that i can show people that help demonstrate it but 
Like, do you actually let me ask you though, Mark? I I was wrong with that tweet. Clearly, I was wrong because Rogue and Mad Lions then broke viewership. If we get hundred TEG in the finals, do you think uh, viewership will be really great? I tell you, it won't be bad. Kimp- well, I guess I should say like viewership is not great right now, anyways. Yeah. So you don't um, think it's gonna be like really bad, given? No, I think like relative to where it's been at summer, viewership will go up no matter what into into finals. Yeah. Uh, I don't think there's a world where like we're watching finals and it's like barely. It's not. It's like under a hundred k. I think it'll get over a hundred k again for for finals no matter who and i mean on main broadcast yeah, yeah. on on twitch.tv slash lcs you mean yeah and I, I would feel like you know given that the co-streams will probably between youtube and the co-streams they'll go up to hopefully around like 250 total like yeah. that would be good and i feel like that might happen regardless of who's in the finals so obviously tsm will help i just i hope i think all of us I, i'll say the broadcast but i also think my content and the co-streams and all that stuff, we need to do a better job of hyping up Hunter T and EG and making people care about these teams because uh, I think they're worthy of our, our care. What are you, what Peter Dunn says he will do a rap video shit-talking 100 Thieves if they're in the finals, and will that help with viewership? Um, will he air it on broad? Will you guys air it on broadcast if that's the case? You can commit on behalf of all of the producers and directors at the LCS on if that gets aired on the broadcast we can we can try our best okay i mean they put you on stage singing silver scrapes the bar is pretty goddamn low all right true for musical performances at these things uh all right i think i think that's it god uh we seems like we agree with you is there anything you want to say before we go on to our next caller uh, shout out to your sponsors, Alienware and Game Fuel. I like your content. And then shout out to my band, You're a Meshi. We're like an emo rock band. We just kind of started last year or two. So just check us out. Nice. Love it. I, I, right. I'm not a big emo rock band guy, but I feel like Mark is. So, uh, Indeed. He, he a really play. anime band, if you like that. Okay. You're See an you guys. anime band? Yeah, we, we, we go for the anime vibe. You know, You're a Meshi. My name's God Usopp. That's where, that's where, we, that's where we live in. Very good. Well, thank you so much. I'm sure Mark will check it out. All right. Uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. Catch you later. Okay. Uh, thank you to uh, Kiefertis for the Prime, Chintu, and the Slatherpuss as well. Slatherpuss coming up on two years. Uh, <laughs> drop the link, please. I don't think he could put the link in the Twitch chat, but maybe he can Wait, put the link name of for his what? band. They want the link of the band, the band where they can hear the music. So oh, I can try and find it. He said it was Yarameshi. Yeah, I think so. Is that is that an uh, an anime thing? No, I don't know. Okay, because somebody says Yarameshi from Yu Yu Hakusho in Twitch chat. So I don't know. Oh, I I don't know. Kenny G is here. Kenny G, love. Speaking of musicians, Kenny G is here. Love your music, Kenny G. Where are you calling from? Oh, yes, I'm a big Kenny G myself, literally the guy. Um, I'm calling from Dallas, Texas, though. Dallas, Texas. What do you want to talk about on the show? Uh, I want to talk about how IMT is going to Worlds this year. IMT is going to Worlds. Okay, well, I know one person that Twitch chat's going to really like this take. Uh, why are yeah, they going to Worlds? 
Um, well, I think right now they look really good. And I also think throughout the year, there's been this narrative that they're, they have a ceiling and where they can't pass the current top five teams. And I really don't think that's true. Uh, I think their solo lanes, who are rookies, uh, they started out looking good and they just keep looking better at, you know, insanity, uh, maybe being like top six all year round, then getting uh, better as his teammates also look better. And also their bot lane, they showed a lot of promise at Worlds when they went uh, from Os. And uh, as the LCS doesn't look super strong in the bot lane right now, I think as they power up, they could maybe be a top three team or probably will be. And then Zerk say, formidable jungler, of course. And when you have winning lanes as a jungler, uh, what can you do wrong? So Gilhoto spammed some question marks at this take. Uh, Gilhoto, are are you guys making worlds? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm very curious why Gilhoto put question marks. Because if the implication is he thinks this is a hot take, then... Oh, he says, yeah, I don't like is. to get jinxed, he says. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, then let me tell you that I think this call is whack, and I'm only doing this <laughs> to not jinx you. Um, I, I would believe more in this take if uh, playoffs were best of ones, because uh, I definitely agree that Immortals can take, and they've demonstrated they can take games off top teams. And a best of five, I think it just gets really tough for them. Um, Gyoto did say he thinks it's more likely that they make it to Worlds than 100 Thieves. Gyoto says more likely that... See? Ever, pe people were saying it was a hot take to not have 100T in there. Gyoto's sitting here thinking Immortal's more likely to make it than 100T. He's also saying that uh, when the people were talking about EG, he was saying EG is one of the only teams that like, when they're making plays, you can really see what they're going for. Even in, like 100 Thieves might have better players or like has great players but they, they don't have like super motivated moves but yeah okay but um, back to immortals uh yeah uh so i'll <laughs> say like I, i've been really impressed by their improvement from spring to summer their splits weird because they seem really streaky um like they started summer really well then kind of slumped and then they went 3-0 again this weekend and so like i have a hard time judging them completely because it's not even just that like they, they they win or lose games but they're kind of playing the same way the whole time the way like you know eg for a while was like okay they play really aggressive and a lot of their plays aren't working into like okay they're playing really aggressive but clearly they've gotten better as a team and now more things are working and like it's like week to week the team just looks different <laughs> Uh, and like how they're executing stuff, like, like you Zerse never know what like you're a... gonna get, kind of deal. Yeah, for sure. Like for for some some weeks, like Zerse looks like a fucking god. Like his Zenzao is popping off, his Gragas is nuts. You know, like there's a lot of these great games. Uh, you know, where you're like, holy shit, this team is awesome. And then there's like these these like zero three weeks where I'm like, what is this team doing? You know, their bot lane looks fucking terrible sometimes. And then like this weekend, their bot lane looked fucking great. It's like Destiny on Hook Champs is like a god. Destiny not on Hook Champs is like they're sprinting it. You know, like they're a team that feels a little erratic um, in their performance. So like it makes me nervous in a best of five setting because it's like you don't really, I feel like I'm not quite sure I can count on like, okay, Xersei will generally probably be pretty good. I feel like that's, that's the closest staple. Insanity and Revenge, I would say are like, pretty 
stable as well, but I also feel like are outclassed in a lot of the individual matchups that they'd be going up against in an attempt to make worlds. And then their bot lane, like I said, is is also pretty pretty hit or miss. There are times where they look really good and times where they really don't. Um, so for me, it's like I, I would not predict a team that seems erratic to, to make a, a Worlds in a fairly long playoff best of five format. Um, let me see how many like best of fives they would have to win if they finished seventh. Because uh, I expect it's it's you know quite a bit. I'm looking at the uh, so 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 as people have mentioned, they are tied for. Actually, is this website correct? It says I oh they're tied for fourth, but it's a three way tie with TL and and um, and Cloud Nine. Okay, okay. Oh, summer. In the they're summer. Seven. Yes, sorry, that's they're, what I was trying to find. Is their summer record? They might get sick. Um, they can catch Dig and, and make sixth. So I think. I think what's interesting is. If we were just talking about the top five teams by summer record, you have to include Immortals in that conversation because there's a three-way tie for fourth. So it's funny because we talk about like the top five teams or whatever, um, and we don't include Immortals in it. But based off this weekend, statistically, looking at the summer record, they're our top five team. Yeah, and I mean, that's that's my point. is not that they don't win. I mean, Gilhoto's talking about they have a 3-0-3 some one, two, see one's one and it kind of fluctuates, but like there are streaks within that that are bigger. Like they were, I forget, I think seven and two, maybe seven and four. And then they went on a streak where they, over the next 10 games went three and seven. And so even though that might be like one and two, one and two, one and two, that's still not great. And depending right. on how you like where those lay in, there'd be like a four game loss streak inside of a one and two, where it'd be like, they win the first game of this week, lose the next two next week starts, lose a game or two and then get a win. And so like, regardless of getting too into the weeds about how they won or lost, I just remember watching their games and be like, wow. And even to Gilhoto's point where he's talking about that CLG game, that was one where everyone felt like they should have lost. And it was, even though they won and it technically snapped, like it was, it counts as a part of their current four game win streak. You know, like everyone hated, <laughs> everyone was, was talking about that game. Uh, but then they looked good this week with their three wins. And that's why it's, it's, I don't know. They, they feel erratic to me in that sense. Um, so if they do end up seventh, they have to win one, two, three best of fives to qualify to make worlds. You know, I think I think it's and they're in losers brackets. So they they don't get any if they're seventh, they're in losers bracket. They don't get any chances to to mess up. I think they're a little unlucky because like this is not a great split. I feel like to be in their position where. Like let's let's say it was a situation where you have like TSM and Cloud9 who are at the top and then just like everyone else is like in the pool. It's probably a lot easier for them to get that third spot. But in the situation they're in where there's just like so many teams that are all good in quotation marks. We're trying to be positive here. Um you know like it's just it's I feel like it's a lot harder. Like maybe there's more opportunity for the spots but like you need a lot more luck, I feel like, to go through in order to get a spot rather than just like, oh, who's going to be like the random third team that makes it to Worlds? It's kind of my take on it. Um, I guess, but at the same time, like, realistically, with how TL are playing and how C9 are playing, if they don't improve, like, those are not that hard of a dub. 
not like impossible, you know, like I would still probably favor those two teams over immortals, but it like, it wouldn't be shocking if they lost. I think the problem is that above them, there's still EG TSM and hundred thieves, even if TL and cloud nine buster out. Um, yeah. So maybe I guess that is the point you're making, right? That like there's just such a quality, a quantity of teams yes. that that could make it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. There's just a bigger. There's way more competition, I think, uh, than there normally is. You know, for right. top Whereas, team like, spot. It's like TSM and C9. Who's gonna win the championship? And you know what it is? It's like it. it's like the world uh, group like, situation. It's, it's like the world group situation where like sometimes it's better to be in the group where there's like three mediocre teams and then like the one team that is like definitely making it out because they're probably winning worlds, you know, like an SKT or something like that. You're like, okay, well, SKT is going to beat everyone. So I just need to perform better than these two other things. That's kind of how I'm thinking about it here. Whereas like in those years where there's like one or two teams, you're like, okay, they're definitely going to worlds and they're way better than everybody else. So we just need to sneak in in that third spot. I feel like it's kind of easier. I don't know, whatever. We don't. Have, we can go around and around on this stuff, but you know what? One side tangent, because I, I know, and I know we're we're pressed on time, but I wanted to bring this up, Mark. Uh, I almost feel like I want to give credit to every single LCS team because we're talking so much about Immortals right now. Like, I think I think this was a good year for LCS teams. Like, unfortunately, TL had a tough time, but like Seal, I think Seal G and FlyQuest are the only teams I'm not going to give credit to because like. It's actually embarrassing. FlyQuest, I feel like, should be embarrassed that their main team was in such a shitty situation that they had to bring in the academy team and the academy team does better. Like, that's a that's a failed year, in my opinion. And CLG failed. But everybody else, I think, made really great strides. Immortal's doing really well with their roster. Dig did really well for a while. I don't know. I, I'm pretty happy with the performance of, of most of our LCS teams when you're only looking at domestic play this year, especially given how many teams built new rosters. I feel like this is a can of worms. Um, I feel like for the non-import crazy teams, this was a pretty good year. I feel like normally in the LCS, 5 through 10 is kind of like, hey, fuck it, whatever. Like, they don't realistically have a chance. And, like, but they're still comprised of kind of veterans who you've seen forever. Like, no offense to players... I, I don't know. I'm trying to think of like a name, like like an like an Apollo or something, where like you you've seen them a bunch of times and you yeah. know that they're decent and like on a team where they're the second or third option, they they can be fine. But then they're combined with like three other, like basically CLG. This is what we talked about at the start of the year, if you remember. CLG felt. I like remember because we always we always talk about that caller who said that they but CLG was the line. Well, also that CLG just built their roster the way teams built their roster three yeah. years ago or two years ago. You know, like it was like an outdated way of of building rosters. Most of the other teams who kind of went for the quote-unquote budget route, I feel like generally hit their goals. Even FlyQuest, who you could say failed, you know, like, I at least appreciate the players that they brought in and tried to make it work with, even if you can criticize some of their approach methodology. Same with Dignitas, you know, like, some of those, you know, individual roster moves and how they they approached it, whatever. There's some criticism you can levy, but I, I at least, like, understood what they were going for. For the top teams, I actually think you can give them some criticism. The teams that balled out super hard and are now struggling with a one with a 50, almost a fifty percent win rate, like C nine and TL, you know, and some of those like huge spends, I think you could maybe criticize that they're not getting more of a of a performance rate. Yeah, I give less critic. Okay, fair point. I give less criticism to TL 
because it sounds like Alfari had like crazy personal stuff that happened, and then Santorin has literal health issues, and they bought ironically, given their brand or like what people think, they balled out way less than C9 and TSM during the off season, right? So like that just seems like I don't know. It's yeah, t- but tougher for me to criticize. You you think that they deserve more criticism? I uh, no, I just mean like to messaging around it, Jat quitting, and like all the other things that kind of came together around like. Alfari and Santorin having issues seems like it could have been handled better. Yeah, the messaging could have been handled better, but I don't, I don't like from a performance standpoint, I don't fault them for what how they're doing. Well, I'm saying like not just public messaging, but like the miscommunication that happened internally at the team to cause such friction between coaching staff and Alfari. Gotcha. You know, because because even Steve in the public messaging was saying like, "Hey, we didn't really do a good job." Yeah. with how we handle all Alfari's problem. But he was saying was. even then they should, like, one of their takeaways was he, Alfari he was should have never played that first them. game. Yeah, exactly. But I'm saying that they didn't do a good job because of that. Like, they would have had an issue outside of their control no matter what. And I don't gotcha. fault them for needing to bench Alfari necessarily. Because even Alfari, I said, like, yeah, maybe I shouldn't have played. But because they didn't handle it well, they deserve criticism. Oh, because Jenkins came in, like, last minute during on the second day, you're saying, and, like, had they handled it better, Jenkins could have been starting from the first day. Alfari, it sounds practice. like they gave him some bullshit reasons. Like, Jat and Alfari left a meeting with two different ideas of how that meeting went. You yeah. know, like, that's not good management, you know? So yeah. I think they deserve some criticism. I think you can talk about Cloud9. We don't even fucking know still why Sven was benched and, like, what was going on there. But clearly they're struggling. Yeah. Um, so, like, I think some of those teams you can talk about maybe, maybe you know, for what are supposed to be our top teams, not as clean as like, hey, Immortals is popping off. And like, hey, TL balled out, but it fucking worked. And look at them dominate kind of thing. Yeah. I'll... All right, fuck it. This is spicy, but I'll just say it. I yeah! am... Part of me wants it to be 100T and EG finals. Because part of me wants this offseason for all the team owners to just finally say, okay, we're done spending millions and millions of dollars to import players from other regions. Like, and I know Abadage is like a player that they probably spent a decent amount to bring over, but they, you and I have discussed on previous episodes, like that feels a little different when you're bringing him in halfway through the split or whatever. Like I, I am down for us to stop spending as much money on players because it doesn't necessarily feel like most of the time they end up, working out you know like i at one point in time i asked tim if he could do a a uh run it episode on like the the drop off of players when they come to north america and how quickly they drop off and i think it just became like it's too much of a statistical nightmare to try to do it in a good good enough way for what run it is which is like a you know four to six minute show but i i don't know i'm just like i'm so i'm happy these players are here i like I'm not saying like wow, perks should never, but I just mean like the st- the strategy employed. I think is is to be clear, you're not anti import in general, but like no. when it's instead of being like Alfari for one or two mil, whatever it was, we're talking like five mil buyout plus X no, I amount think, of million a year. Yeah, it creates it cr- it creates multiple problems. One is it creates I think misleading expectations about what our region should be. So it creates an increased intensity and frustration when we perform poorly, right? Like, I think if we go to Worlds and it's not like we're doing these extreme kind of like, uh, 
what is the uh, like breaking the benchmark type things like spending on all these players like perks etc i think people have hopefully more realistic expectations for what we can accomplish and it doesn't it's not the rest of the world laughing at us while we're like pillaging their rosters for the best talent and bringing them over here and paying them a ton of money so i think i think that's an issue and then i think it also is just like it's not i don't think it's actually that helpful you know what i mean so like i don't look I don't, I'm not anti-import or whatever. I am anti-lifting the import rules we've discussed multiple times before. But like, I I do think, oh, I guess the other issue I was going to say is like, we're spending too much money. The league cannot sustain this. Teams cannot make back the amount of money that they are spending, in some cases, on these rosters. Like, nobody should be spending, uh, you know, when you, you know, put in all the staff and all that stuff, you know what, $7 million on Academy and LCS and coaching and all that stuff? I mean, who knows? Um, so I just, I I don't know. I just, I'm I'm ready for us to pull back uh, and against start overpaying, doing not against overpaying, not against imports, against overpaying. Yeah, overpaying, and I think also just like there's not enough. I appreciate the teams that did not feel like they could spend or were willing to spend as much money as the the big three did this off season and went for like, like who, who is the next Danny, you know, who is the next olive? Who are these players that I think can be the foundation of our league for the next five to six years versus like players who have been playing for five to six years and don't seem to be competing the way that they did previously. Jojo Pune and Tomio, according to Empire. Jojo Pune's getting hyped like a motherfucker. Then you got General Sniper coming in in a couple of years. Three, I guess, if he's 14 now. Anyway, we've gone way off topic, Kenny G. I'm so sorry. Are you still here? I am. It's all good. Enjoy hearing you talk. Thank you. Uh, is there anything you want to say before we go on to the next, to our, actually, before we take a quick break? Ah. Uh course just some shout outs to alienware and game fuel i also am a i'm a smash player so i want to give a shout out to all the lcs orgs who are participating in smash bros i think about seven of, seven of them so seven of uh, it's really nice smash. thank you that's actually well, more yeah. than i would have thought i said you said seven I... of them are competing in smash yeah they're some kind of participation it's really nice tleg is eg still in it uh they did some college stuff recently okay uh, I need to watch Golden, uh, Golden Guardians. The, I need to watch the finals. Yes, and COG. There's another one thing to toss. Anyway, thank you, Kenny, for the call. Uh, we'll catch you yep. next time. All right, see you. Bye. All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about Game Fuel. Uh, thank you so much, Mountain Dew Game Fuel, for sponsoring the show. Look, sometimes people accidentally say G Fuel. Not G Fuel, okay? This is a superior product. It's very good. Mountain Dew Game Fuel, all right? This is the good, good stuff right here. You want to get it by going to gamefuel.com slash Travis. I'll, uh, I'll type the command in the chat. But there's also... G Fuel, G Fuel sponsors Keemstar. I'm not going to get into this right now. Game, um, Game Fuel sponsors good people like Travis Gaffer. I'm not... That's, that's Mark picking that fight, not me. Um, <laughs> but... <laughs> Mountain Dew Game Fuel, a, a delicious product that I love, um, and the, I, I've talked about this before, and you guys have heard the story about how like I, 
I tried it as part of like a, a random one-off sponsorship for like a Final Fantasy VII thing I did on on Twitch, and I loved it so much that we literally spent a year hounding them to sponsor me um, and Hotline League. So they did, and uh, I I just have it's been great working with them. I hope they they renew for next year. I hope uh, you guys have have shared your love of them sponsoring this show and they perceive that. But either way, you can go to uh, you can do exclamation mark game feel in the chat if you want to get a link over there. You can use code Travis at checkout to save five percent on your order. And by the way, if it's not available in your state in the US here, uh, it's available in almost all of them now, I think. But you can also there's an Amazon link that will allow you to purchase it as well. But I'm actually kind of curious. In fact, uh, is it over yet? I know I know it's supposed to last only about uh, six months. Yeah, it looks like their their victory pass. Oh, their victory pass is still going. I'm curious. I'd love to hear from folks who have climbed up the victory pass um, because it, they have like a battle pass style thing. I've talked about this previously as well, where when you order stuff off of their uh, website, the, you order like a case or something like that, you get these things unlocked, discounts and mouse pads, uh, bottles and Twitch bits, et cetera, et cetera. But I'd love to actually hear from people and see how far you guys have climbed up the the battle pass level, the victory pass level. So either way, thank you so much to Game Fuel for sponsoring the show. Thank you guys. And by the way, when you do order them, it's actually really helpful when you guys, I've seen a lot of people and I want to thank everybody for tweeting uh, at Game Fuel and letting them know like, oh, I got this uh, case of Game Fuel and, you know, having a picture of it. That stuff is really helpful. So uh, thank you so much to uh, everybody who, who uh, appreciates Game Fuel and shows it to them. I really do appreciate that. All right, on to the final caller. Where are we? Uh, Travis, what would my game feel flavor be? I don't know. I'm going to keep that as a secret because maybe someday we will do that. Tra- Travis flavor incoming like courage. I think it. I don't know. I'm try. I'm trying. All right. Uh, we'll see. Is the big we'll see. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. All right. Uh. Thank you for the 800 bits, Blaine Blasphemy. Really appreciate it. Uh, that's very nice of you. Thank you, Maury Wakes, for the raid and the 18 months. Pons Go Burr for the prime. I really appreciate all the support, everybody. None of biz is here. None of biz, where are you calling from? Uh, I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Philadelphia. I think our second Philly caller tonight. Uh, what do you want to talk about on the show? Um, my topic was at Abadage is like ascension to the top of na is like really overrated and it's more about 100 thieves as a team than it is him himself and within a year or so he's gonna fall into being like a middle tier mid laner just like he was in lec and now this seems to always happen with imports where they come in and they smurf on everybody immediately and then they just fall into like the middle tier ranks where they're not good but they're not bad either i feel I don't like i think that ex- they always come in and smurf on everybody uh go ahead mark Sorry. I was gonna say I feel like I accidentally turned this into the fuck hundred thieves episode without meaning to. Don't like everyone. Oh, now that you've pointed it out, people are gonna say that we're biased against hundred T. I didn't. I just picked random takes, and I then know. like I didn't know, dude. Like I didn't know that Gil Hoto and Peter Dunn would just be slamming hundred thieves in the comments for the whole time that we're talking about the top five teams in the LCS. I didn't know. All right, Mark. Well, here's your chance to return this. They had a a coalition of anti. Tell the caller why it is 
You know, it's because you know what it is. It's, there's no hundred T people that ever show up in our chat. They don't care about the show, so like, there's no way for. He shows up all the time. What? Get defended. Uh, well, where is he tonight to defend his honor? If he was here, they wouldn't be running their mouths. Bet you that. Yeah, exactly. They'd be like, Yo, "Oh yeah, hundred T, so good." Okay, Mark. Here's our chance to save us from people saying we're hundred T haters. Tell the caller why he's wrong. Why is Avadage going to always be amazing? And why is he is a, the best player ever? He's a treasure and a gift. MVP candidate? Um, he is the MVP for now and forever, for all time, always. Uh, it's it's the sacred timeline on the okay. anyway, time variance authority. And No, no, no. Anyway. What do you think of, of Avadage? Because you've been, I think, very supportive of him. I think he's really good. I, I feel like, you know, him and a lot of the members of 100 Thieves' performance has dropped a little bit in recent weeks. Um, you know, I feel like who he and FBI have lost some lanes when previously I felt like they never lost some lanes. Some of it was jungler interference. Some of it was just like, oh, there's who he getting hooked. Um, you know, I feel like they are picking Tom Kench bot and it looks like shit. Uh, you know, like there's there's some of these things going on with them that, that's not Abadage related for the somewhat downturn. And part of it is Abadage. I don't think he's been quite as good as he was at the start of the split. Um, Akala got nerfed, and it feels like I haven't seen him pop off on some of the other melee assassin champions. He he tried the Yasuo game. That didn't look great. Um, so I definitely don't think he's a, out, out of criticism. But I, I also feel like this is a weird split for mid laners where a lot of them do not look good. Perks has not looked good. Jensen has not looked particularly good. I think there's a case to make that, like, you know, like, is a Blaze all above some of these imports? I feel like Jazuke is is probably, you, you could say, along with Abadage, the most um, impactful mid laners in the LCS right now. Yeah, who uh, do you think are top like, three? Can you can you give a top three, you think? Abadage and Jazuke, easily one and two, with some debate about where you want to place them. Um, I feel like... POE at three is like maybe the answer, but I'm honestly not happy about it. But I also don't know who you would put over him. A Blaze Olive. I mean, so like a Blaze Olive is good. He he dies a lot. Like people talk about that Tom Kench game, the one that he played this weekend. Yeah. The problem was that he just like went in when he shouldn't have and killed himself. And that's like his problem in general on most champions is like his laning phase is actually decent. He can make plays to get your team leads and kind of win games. He'll he'll win you some games, but he'll also do some troll shit, um, which is scary for a mid laner. I mean, we talked about that with like Jazuke. I think in some ways you could say a Blaze Olive is like a bit of a Jazuke light, like very different champion pools and strengths. But in terms of like playstyle and problems, yeah, like something like that coin flippiness that that people talk about with Jazuke for a while, you you could say probably it applies to a Blaze Olive as well. Um, but I also feel like there's like Golden Gardens is not a great team. There's there's yeah. teams that have more more assistance around them than than a Blaze Olive gets. So like if someone made the case for Blaze Olive third, like you know honestly I wouldn't shit on them for doing it. I, I probably am not going to right now unless he he pops off really hard this last weekend. I'll still lean a little bit towards Poe, but like Poe plays control mages generally doesn't have a great laning phase. Like it's fine. He's playing weaker matchups that aren't going to dominate lane anyways. Um, but then, you know, he just kind of scales and then he plays those pretty well. And it's it doesn't feel like he impacts the game the way that people who are playing the more aggressive champions currently can and do. Yeah. Do you think he's going to suck next year and he's overrated? 
I'm because a because if you think if you think like wow Jensen and Perks and all these guys are underperforming, then there's a there's a chance he only looks good in a world where like the good just, mid laners in the LCS are just not playing well. There's totally a realm of possibility where uh, Abadaga gets first team All Pro this split, and without changing his individual level of performance next year, ends up off the All Pro ballot. <laughs> like where Perks pops off, Jensen looks great. I don't know. Bjergsen unretires. We, we import Faker. Poe is great still. Jazuke is great still. And you know, and you know, like suddenly uh, Abadage is is fifth. You know, like that could very easily happen. But I don't think that's really a slight at Abadage just because the other people, and honestly, a, a decent mid pool of players step up again. Yeah, kind of unfair to like cheat him out of it by just being like. So that's that's my take, caller. How dare you? You're taking trying to take away this man's accomplishments just because other people are sucking right now. So nobody can ever look good in if in a world where like uh Jensen and saying? the one-eyed man the one-eyed man rules in the valley of the blind or something. Isn't that isn't that a saying? I don't. In the valley of the blind the one-eyed man is king, something like that. Yeah, yeah. It's yes, it is that, but I don't know if uh I don't know if that's applicable here, Mark. It's also a backhanded compliment. Yeah. <laughs> Nunya, do you have any defense for the terrible uh, things that you have said against Abadage that Mark has refuted? Um, personally, like with Abadage, like I think he's like a good mid laner, like maybe even great, right? Um, and I, I actually think Hundred Thieves are going to make worlds this year. Like I, I, pretty, I think it's pretty realistic that they do. But I just think like once that new, like quote unquote, new car smell wears off that like imports have when they first come i don't know if it's like people don't have tape on them to put it in like a sports reference because like they do you could just watch lec games and things like that but i just think maybe once they get used to playing against him more often he's not going to do as well he's going to start to fall well, i think down the forge of na does not burn as hot as some of the uh, that's what i was going to say i regions. feel like what happens is uh playing on na servers is what happens to them yeah against NA players like we just don't it's not as competitive here so you don't get as good so all right none yeah biz reducto you might be right mark is uh role-playing as a wizard right now so we have to wrap up the show because he's losing it uh is there anything you want to shout out none yet here at the end of the call uh, yeah, I want to shout out Mississippi State Esports and more importantly, the league side of it. Um, go Bulldogs, I guess. Nice. Go Bulldogs. Thank you so much for the call. All right. That is the show. Please no one leave the stream. I need you all here after the show. Mark, what do you got for us? What do you want to shout out? What? I'm just going to cast spells at you until... I'm uh, I'm ready to go. Did what else did you did you get a robe and a wizard hat? Uh, where do you were at? No, no robe. I we got like a lot of snacks and treats and like the pictures and cute stuff. Cute stuff. Less, when less I robe. think cute stuff. I think Mark Zimmerman. More memorabilia than than merch. Yeah. or like clothing. Did you buy all the photos from all the rides? No, I screenshotted a bunch of them. There's some pretty funny ones. Of me, I apparently I make weird faces. Like on you rides. held your phone up and take a picture of the monitor. Uh, they also send it to your phone if you have the app, which and you can you then buy off. 
do they watermark it? Because otherwise, yeah, why it's watermarked. Yeah, 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 yeah okay. it's watermarked. All right. You have anything else, or is that is no. this... okay? Well, uh, I have a big interview with Ender that is coming out possibly tomorrow. That it's the first interview I think I've done in person in like a year and a half or something. So that's pretty cool. Um, everyone can see how much weight I've gained during the pandemic. Uh, and then seated please... behind a desk. Listen to no, we did it in the living room. I said I said it's a in person interview, so we were. Hey, we yeah, were but I mean, like you could still sit at the table or something, you know. You've been in my apartment. There's nothing to hide behind. Get, get a. I have um, have one of those like fold out tables. The for, card like, tables. It were for like breakfast in bed. Oh, know? like the, where the di- um, TV like oh fuck why am I forgetting? Kind of like the name a TV tray dinner, but but classier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, but yeah, you should, you should ask to borrow that and just put it over you. Hide, hide, hide the belly. Um, (laughs) Hey guys, it's me. I'm just sitting here at this little meal table. Um, don't mind me everybody. I've got that going on. The Ender interview coming out. Uh, it was been a quiet weekend for interviews. I got declined a lot by, cause a lot of teams were losing, um, but there's that. I'm trying to think if there's anything else I need to promote. Maybe that's it. I'm working on some cool stuff. We might have a uh, new sponsor for Hotline League next week um, that will run for a little bit. No promises, but uh, if we get everything done in time. And I think it's a pretty wholesome sponsor, so I'm pretty, pretty excited about it. So I haven't even told Mark. Mark, did I tell you about it? I don't think I told you about it. I don't think. I think you, you mentioned it, but I don't remember. Maybe it was a while ago, yeah. Either on one way. of our walks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, All we right. will talk about that soon. Anyway, this has been the show. Thanks, everyone. You can listen to it. Uh, we air every Monday at 7 p.m. Pacific. Please stop asking me when we air because I, I swear to God. I you should, you should say it at the start. Welcome back to Hotline Lee coming to you live at 7 p.m. PST. Think about that for an intro instead of your whammy, bammy, zammy. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>